Hey guys, this is Julian here. Just wanted to let you know about the episode you're about to hear. This was one that uh, we recorded live over Facebook during the Max Fun Drive. So if it sounds a little bit different, namely that it uh, sounds less high quality than what you're probably used to hearing from this show, that's why. We're still trying to figure out the technology and we're probably going to do something like this again. And I'm pretty sure next time we'll be able to make sure that everybody sounds a little bit better. But honestly, thank you guys so much for supporting us all throughout the Max Fun Drive. It truly means so much. So I hope you guys enjoy this. If you want to see the video, just go over to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights. I hope you guys enjoy it and we'll be back with a regular episode next week. I promise. Bye. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. Blinded me with science. I hate this fucking technology. <laughs> Welcome to Tights and Fights. I know it's at the end. Never mind. This is the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm love and guts. How lo- no, this is I was the wrong script. <laughs> the scripts are loaded onto one another. Where what it where where how oh, I worked okay, very fine. hard on nicknames this All right. I worked so hard on nicknames this week. (laughs) Welcome to a special live edition of Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm, oh, we're live, Hal, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the R. Kelk O from out of nowhere, Lindsay Kelk. Hello. Hi. I'm Anderson Cooper. What's his nickname? (laughs) Julian. So selfish. I mean, God, technically, all cats' names are nicknames, in my opinion. We don't know true. what their kitty families named them forever. True. That's true. true. He was the found select- on the street. They didn't give him a name. <laughs> he didn't get one. Yeah. One of the things that we asked recently as part of Max Fun Drive, thinking, like, how can we get the nation of conversation more involved, is we asked you for topic ideas for our weekly segment, the main event, where we give one corner of the wrestling world some extra attention. We were, we were originally going to pick one, and we may still. Now we have, like, a whole roster of great topics but we got so many great suggestions from all of you that we figured we were going to give a bunch of them some love in this very special episode which if the recording works will be airing (laughs) next friday so you can say you were part of our first ever live recorded episode without any further ado Lindsay, are you excited about this i'm oh i'm so excited (laughs) can you tell uh, okay. The thrill, the thrill of being live, Hal. It's just sh- shoot it directly into my veins. Feel like I'm treading the board. Feel like <laughs> feel like I'm about to take the stage. Very exciting. That's right. Get ready. Breathe a deep breath. Shake it all out, and get ready because we're about to give a bunch of corners in the wrestling world some extra attention. These are our main events. Six different versions of it. It's a big, long version of all of, all of the main events we've done so far because it deserves it this oh, time. I just Truly. realized that behind you is a mirror, so I see like the back of you, and I just oh, imagine. that's so what scary. If, Lindsay, what if he moved and he was just sitting, but then his reflection started to flex <laughs> and work out. I mean, yeah. the only way you could get as small as Julian is yeah. if your reflection was doing some of the work for you. Because it's just not possible for one man to be that ripped in the yeah. time that he has available to him. Yeah. If you say candy flex, candy flex, candy flex, candy flex, candy flex, it'll do it yeah, just fine. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> Julian, you and I are, are, are friends on our Apple Watches, so I know how much you work out. And <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it while you're uh, also working a full-time job. So I am led to believe that you are using the mirror dimension for nefarious means. And it's the only reasonable solution I've come up with. Matthew just said roll tide. And I know that was that that came from the heart because he doesn't he, he really doesn't like saying that. So thank you. Matthew. <laughs> you. you said that for me and I love you for it. Well, let's jump right in. This first one comes from board underscore MBA on Twitter. They ask, what are some wrestlers who have been renamed over the years? This sounds like a challenge, like one of those sporkle tests where we just have to name as many as possible. Are there any who are better known by other names in your brain? So whatever they're currently branded as, you know them better as something else. Like, like for example, if I, I'm probably more familiar. I, I have to remember that, that, that Matt Seidel or whatever, whatever name he's going by is, is not 
Evan Bourne. That no, that's Evan Bourne. Name. But yeah. I always, mm-hmm. when, when, when the name comes out, when somebody says Matt Sydow, I'm like, oh, you mean Evan Bourne? That's yeah. stuck in my head. So that, that, of course, is a guy who has reclaimed and, and changed his name. What, what's another one for you, Lindsay, that stands I, out when I, I mention Reno? I will never, ever, as long as I live for all of my days, ever stop celebrating Rusev Day. So that's just forever going to be a problem for me. And it's like, <laughs> I'm trying so hard. And I know we're going to talk about him more on this week's episode of the pod, obviously. But I just, I cannot help. I cannot help it. I feel like my nana. I feel like my nan. It's like, no, nan, that's not what we say anymore. And I'm like, oh, good for Rusev. Good for him. <laughs> He's having a nice time. He's living a good life. Um, and I can't get past it. I can't get past it. Plus, a lot of the others are older ones for me because, like we've talked about on the pod a million times, I, I watched wrestling like in the early 90s and then checked out for a long time. So a lot of the people that changed their names when they switched to Budaman, the Monday Night Wars and that kind of stuff, like Diesel's always going to be Diesel to me. Razor yeah. Ramon's always going to be Razor Ramon to me. Like I, sure. I struggle with the um, other names because Richard, you know, they're real names. <laughs> which is a real issue yeah it kind of depends on where you know them from first a lot of people you know yeah. brian danielson was he's been a lot of things but being yeah. brian danielson independently which is his actual name american became, dragon to me baby american, american dragon. dragon then he became uh daniel bryan and now assuming with his contract being up if he's not resigning if he goes anywhere else he'll presumably become brian danielson again <laughs> So it really, yeah. I think there's a function of where you know them from or where you know them best. Yeah. So for me, I every time I see John Moxley, I have to, I'm my brain is retraining itself to not yeah. think Dean Ambrose because that's yeah. where I know him from. That's where I was introduced to him. Same. Initially, same. I wasn't as familiar with his CZW or Ring About Energy. No, well, same. Ambrose. And actually, like it's I um when Seth Rollins came in and he was Tyler Black on the indies and I had a really hard time adjusting to Seth Rollins but now I have a really hard time remembering Tyler Black so um you know we're also old so that's a real problem <laughs> Husky Harris forever Matthew I I, I conquer oh, sure. uh Husky Harris forever and um what was Curtis I was Mike McGillicott <laughs> Yes. Oh God! Even he doesn't want to remember that one, so I'm not <laughs> going to bring it up. I'm not going to bring it up. Lindsay, you saying oh. that like he's that Kevin Nash is forever diesel blew my mind because when I remember, like as a child of WCW, I remember when he was announced to be in the Hall of Fame. I was like, wait, why are they calling him Diesel? <laughs> yeah, that's the Diesel. They make they make jeans for European gentlemen. Uh, yeah, no, to me, he was just always, he was Diesel. I yeah, love him. Cool. Yeah. Cool. He oh, was only one of the few wrestlers I've seen that I saw him out like in a hotel lobby or something, not at a thing. And I like fully was like, <gasps> I got really excited about it. I got super starstruck by him. Wasn't he also, he wasn't Vinny Vega. He wasn't he Oz? Was yes. He Oz? He was yeah, he powerful? was. He was a very yes. powerful Oz in WCW. Like many, like many people, you know, you work independence, then you're in WCW for a cup of coffee, then you come to, to WWF, become a star, and then go to WCW, become a bigger star during the Attitude Era. Or the, or the opposite. You get your tryout, it doesn't work out, you disappear, then you're Kenny Omega elsewhere. Or, you know, pick, pick any yeah. number of people who, who wrestled enhancement matches or were in the yeah. development system that never that never broke through, became big yeah. somewhere else, and then. I mean, imagine you've got, a ma- you've got a mayor and you just have to change your brain from calling him Isaac Yankum and now you have to call him Mr. Glenn every time you see him, so. <laughs> I, I mean, I just refuse to acknowledge his office. So, <laughs> I, it's easy for me. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He seems like, I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but it seems like he would sweat and breathe very heavy in person. Like, not a, not any indicator of what kind of shape he's in, but just, you know, you're there talking to him. If it's a warm some, day, he's yeah, going like, to need a hanky. Like, he's going to be someone that's got a hanky with him yeah. to mop the brow. Yeah. But you're like, that's there's fine. a problem with the fire hydrant on 4th Street. It seems to be yeah. leaking. And then the kids come, and it's hot out, and they're opening mop, it. And mop, he's mop, like, mop, he's mop, sitting mop. there, and you just hear, like, yeah. <sighs> yep, <laughs> uh, we'll get somebody out on that. Just pouring sweat. Mop, mop, mop. Yeah. We Celts are a sweaty people, so I feel comfortable saying it. Like, if, once it gets over 80 degrees, gotta get that, gotta get that hanky, yeah. like, full. I, meanwhile, that person's thinking, wait, is that diesel? 
Here's another one. This is from at Brian Lambert, Y-A-D on Twitter and at Ian Jansek on Instagram, I guess asking the same thing. What do we think about the rise of Orange Cassidy from a comedy wrestler to someone who rubs elbows with the main event scene of AEW? You know, I was, I was thinking about this watching, watching his match with, with Pac where there was a mix. You know, you have the sunglasses bit at the beginning, but then also the real wrestling mixed in. We've kind of moved past the point where, where he does the big hands in the pockets and then eventually the sunglasses come off and then he mm-hmm. actually wrestles. I think that they've done a really good job of transitioning him from just a comedy wrestler or not just, but someone who you'd mostly classify as a comedy wrestler to, to being a potential main event guy who just has a lot of comedy mixed into what he does. Yeah, I would agree completely. I think, um, I think the reason it works is because ultimately he was always a very good wrestler. Uh, I think he's always had the technical ability. Like I uh, wasn't at the PWG Battle of Los Angeles that he was at. My cat was like, I'd like to talk about this. Um, (laughs) But my husband and some friends went to it. I was out of town on on a book tour um, and he did the hands in pockets leap off. The cat's trying to get in the closet. Don't do it. Uh, He was trying to get, uh, he's not trying. He was doing the leap off the first row of the orchestra, like or out of the balcony into the orchestra. Like um, and it's all he would talk to me about. He was like, oh my God, there's this guy called Orange Cassidy. He does this leap. So it's like, he's, I've always known he had the skill. Yeah. And you can tell by looking at him, he's in incredible shape. And you can see him doing that nip up with his hands in his pockets. Like, come on, that guy can go. Um, but I think he's, or whoever's been managing his match, producing his matches, I think they did a really good job of, of twisting his narrative from leading with the comedy to showing flashes of his technical ability to now leading with his technical ability and just showing the comedy as part of his character rather than it being his lead. Uh, and I think that's smart. I think it stops him being so one note because yeah. you're not expecting the cheesiness now. Now you're like, oh, I'm like super excited to see this match because I want to see what he's going to do in this match. Instead of just being like, he's going to do the bit. Uh, even though I still want to see him do the bit, but I don't want it to be all about the bit. Yeah, I I think in general, it seems like when you are when you make your name through comedy, it's so much harder to break through because th- the perception maybe is that if we laugh at someone, we can't also take them seriously. Yeah. yeah. And I think there there are a few few people who break that mold. One is Mick Foley, who started as a, as just a hardcore wrestler, then added the comedy in in WWE. So he already had a bed of, this is the guy who pulls his own hair out and sits in the boiler room, at least for WWF audiences, and, you know, fell through yeah. a table off of, off of the hell in the cell. But he did transition to comedy, but it, and still was able to become a multiple-time champion over the course of several weeks at the end of 98, <laughs> beginning of 99. And, <laughs> The other thing I think of is it's a shame when, when, when a promoter doesn't capitalize on people getting over via comedy. And, and my big example of that is Brizango. When they had the opportunity to wrestle for the titles, and I cannot remember for the life of me who had those belts at the time. The Usos. It, it was, was the, Usos. the Usos. Oh, they were transitioning to being heels. Yes. And, and I they, think like they, American they, Alpha was coming in at that point and SmackDown was trying to like revitalize right. their tag scene. But Brizango became huge because of their their Law and Order, their whole like all their great genre stuff that they were doing, and they came they came in and and Tyler Breeze was disguised as a janitor, but was using the mop <laughs> to trip it. But it was still like really entertaining. And then eventually, yeah, they started wrestling, and both Fandango and Tyler Breeze are great wrestlers. And I remember watching that match, and the Usos won. And thinking like this was a wasted opportunity because they'll never be as hot or as primed to win those titles, yeah. whether whether they have it for a little while or they develop as actual champions in the eyes of the promoters than, than they do right now. Yeah, no, agree. Same with NXT with them a little bit. I think they took mm-hmm. the belts off to put on Oni and Lorcan for that big angle and then that didn't even really, you know, I, I felt like that didn't hit as hard as it should. Um, and now obviously poor Danny Birch is 
um, <laughs> injured forever again. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I feel terrible for Brizango because I think individually they have been wasted talent. And I think together they have been wasted again because I just think they're so great. Um, and I like watching fandom go build houses in Maine. So, you know, <laughs> don't take him for granted, man. Like, he's going to be off flipping houses in Maine. Maurice is out here flipping houses in Reseda. Fandango's out there building houses in Maine. Don't, don't, can't, don't take him for granted. Like, it's a real um, thing. I'll tell you what, I have Discovery Plus, and I, I would say... Oh, you'll be fine, then. 75 80% of the television I watch is people rehabbing and selling houses. I need I mean, a show where they build and flip homes. All I'm that. saying is we need to speak to someone at Peacock. We need to yes. pitch our HGTV wrestler show. Nikki's got a real estate license. Maurice has got a real estate license. Fandango's building houses. <laughs> Writes itself. They're just sitting on money. They're sitting on money. Like, come yeah, on. Just what, have him gyrating his hips while he deletes a wall yeah. and creates a case opening from the living room into the dining room. Yeah. That's all I'm and asking. then, like, Tyler Breeze can decorate it. Like Prince Pretty can come in and do the decorate, and I don't understand why this hasn't already been greenlit. What are they doing over there? Hello, Stanford. Come on. Our money. <laughs> I got another one here suggested by Matt and Chris right here on Facebook. What do we think about managers in wrestling? Has how has the role changed over the years? They seem to be really rare in WWE outside of Heyman and MVP, but are standard fare in AEW. Good point. They're, they're definitely way, I mean, AW takes a lot of things that may be not missing, but just scant in WWE and kind of accentuates them. Like everybody has, has a posse. There are a ton of, like everybody's in a stable. There are very few people who don't have a stable or at least another person who is constantly accompanying them to the ring and also mm -hmm. more managers. I, I I think WWE has some really great managers. Malcolm Bivens should be on television every single week. Every waking every waking moment. He should just be running a constant 24-hour watch-along channel. I mean, <laughs> I would watch it. I can't tell you how many times I watched that Malcolm Bivens uh, clip with Dakota Kai uh, with the TikTok challenge. <laughs> like, what is it we're going to do? We're going to watch WrestleMania Scooby-Doo. That's what we're going to do. I It's one of my favorite. If I had to put something over for the year, that would be what I would put over. I, I have watched it a million times. I don't care what the numbers say on TikTok. One million times just for me. I love it so much. Yeah, it's so good. So I think there's a place for for managers. It feels like a thing that, that comes and goes in waves. Yeah. And it's high yeah. time for WWE. They have a lot of talented people. If Robert Stone brand is fantastic. It feels like there's so a little good. bit more of it in, in NXT yeah. than, than, there, than there is on either Raw or SmackDown. And I, yeah. I wish there was more. It's a, great, it's a great role for people who either can no longer wrestle or just, you know, if you don't have anything for them to do, have a match. Yeah. I thought like Zelina was amazing. Zelina was a fantastic manager, Zelina Vega. And great. obviously, you know, there's more to be talked about there, but um, mm. you know, she wanted to wrestle and I totally understand that. But it's like you are so good at this thing. Like they're not gonna let you do the other thing because you're so good at this thing. Um I think that's so I mean that's so rare, I think, when you're good at both things. Being good at both things. Uh and she really was. I'm very excited to see what she's gonna do next. Me too. Me too. I got another one here from a different Matt on Facebook. This one says, do we have any favorite wrestling animal mascots, not just pets? Talking about like Frankie, Matilda, Damien, Teddy Hart's cats, Stu Hart's tigers, Pepper the dog. <laughs> How about all those dogs from the kennel in the cell who are scratching and making up to one another? What about that? And then Tori Wilson's dog, Pharaoh. Oh, no, 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 Tori Wilson's dog. Pharaoh is the That's traumatized right. dog that was That's... destroyed by uh, fireworks on, on uh, AEW. I'm pro if the animals are pro. Like Frankie, clearly, like super into this. Um, and um, Ty Valkyrie, Ty Valkyrie's new name. I forgot her name, Frankie Monet. Frankie, that's yeah. what I'm saying, Frankie. Frankie Monet, um, yeah. That's a dog that wants to be on telly. Yes. That's a dog that wants to be on television. He is a pro, he hits his mark. He doesn't hog the camera, but he's always doing his, his great reaction shots. He's a pro. Um, 
I loved Damien growing up. I really liked Damien. Yeah. I don't know if that was sound by modern TV standards, but I really loved Damien. Because <laughs> I'm terrified like, of it. But I wanted to like see you, it. Don't you think Beyond the Mat kind of ruined Damien? As soon as you well, saw, like, like oh, ro here's Rock Bottom, Jake Roberts, kind of suggestively handling whatever snake is Damien. You know, it's not the same thing. Choosing not to think about it. Um, I always like the story <laughs> from the um, documentary where he was staying with Diamond Dallas Page and he's like, yeah, and then like the snake got out and <laughs> we had to find the snake. And my wife was like, find the snake. Uh, and I believe she was wrapped around the pipes in the bathroom underneath the sink. And they were like, get the fucking snake out, Jake. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, okay. I'm like, good for the snake. Just, just strolling around, living his life, um, having a grand time. Uh, I, I'm not sure about Teddy Hart in general, so I I, I loved Mr. Yeah. Money, and you know, I'm pro cat, so uh, I saw my, Mr. Money at a couple of WrestleCons. Never engaged with him personally, so I can't speak to um, his enjoyment of his work. And Teddy Hart in general, I think we just like we'll skip that a wide berth. Um, <laughs> Stu Hart's tigers probably not a good idea to have a tiger. I think generally is where I stand on tigers. I don't know. Generally, I, I, I loved Matilda as a kid. I also loved the British Bulldogs, but I think the Bulldog is such a cute, such a cute breed of dog. As a dog person, I love, I love Bulldogs. Never you enjoy a Bulldog. One, but like, so, so cute. Would yeah. Come down to the ring. She was so, she was a very good girl. She was a very good girl. She was the goodest girl. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't need I to mean, be lured with treats or anything. Just. No. Yeah, she was Aww. out there hanging out. Didn't go pee or poo. As far as up. you know. As far <laughs> as I know. Gotta suck their snot out of their nose though, or they they can't do it themselves. It's very confusing. That's the only oh, thing yeah. I find stressful about snob nosed dogs. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> but very cute for other people to own and for me to enjoy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, here's another one from Matt. This is uh, WWE appearances in usual TV or, or typical TV or mainstream TV, like That 70s Show or Weakest Link, Family Feud, random commercials. I, you, I'm very excited about Robert the upcoming Andrew. wrestlers' uh, Family Feud, obviously. I'm sure we've all seen that trailed on, online that uh, David Arquette, RJ City, and Dalton Castle, I know for sure, are in it. And I'm very excited to see that episode of Family Feud. Oh, that has That's to gonna be, be very good. RJ must be so excited about that. I mean, he couldn't hold his water, could he? It was on, it was on Instagram. <laughs> so I was like very, very, very excited um, to watch that episode when it dropped. I'm, I'm okay with it. I used to find it really weird when wrestlers were on other things. But mm -hmm. since uh, Tote Steve's and since we've sort of blown the lid off wrestling, especially social media as well, like I'm fine with it. Anderson oh, is also okay. fine with it. What is wrong? <laughs> is it because no one's feeding you? It's not even it's food time, but it's getting mm. near it's food time. Mm. So he'd like you to know. Sure. I think there's a... I, I remember when Lita was on Dark Angel because that was... She injured her neck filming a stunt for them. Oh, like a Hurricane Rana stunt. <clears throat> that was the first of her big injuries that I can remember. This was not worth it. <laughs> Why are wrestlers sometimes whenever they're asked to play like tough guys or like hench people or whatever, like they always end up performing their wrestling moves <laughs> in, a, in a different way. Like I think Charlotte was on like the, like the psych movie, you know, USA's uh -huh. psych. And yeah. she performs the figure eight, like sure. to one of the detectives when they're on the floor. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I need to beat someone up, so I'm going to use the figure eight. It's a um, practical move in a fight, I'm sure you know. Absolutely. You lay down, I'm going to bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Um, I thought Becky's appearance on Billions was a little weird. That one was mm. a little strange when she played Becky Lynch coming in to give a pep talk. Uh, Edge was in, I think it was Highlander Endgame. It was the one that had both Duncan and Connor McLeod in it. And he Aww. plays like a highwayman or something. But I, I, what I remember is him taking a bump and then doing like, he was almost doing like an eyes crossed kind of thing. And it reminded me of the five second pose that they did somewhere in the um. American South where they were hillbillies. And he was doing like a, like a, like that kind of thing. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, his acting's come on leaps and bounds, doesn't it? I mean, we've yeah. all seen Money Plane. That man is a star. <laughs> uh, and I have no interest in seeing any of his other work. Like, <laughs> Money Plane or Die for me. Yes. Take your Vikings. Take your Vikings. We do Money have a few people. We have a few people in the chat actually shouting out the decent ones like Sasha on The Mandalorian. But it's like, that's, those yeah. are funny. Where's the fun in that? Where's the fun <laughs> in that? In a, in a, 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 an above average performance. Where's yeah. the fun in uh, doing your job instead of being mildly mediocre? Come on. Yeah. They do maximize her in that. She does a very yeah. good job. Like, oh, she asserted herself very well. Congratulations. And, yeah. <laughs> like, and now I have no interest in discussing it further. Uh, no, she was great. And I'm super excited that she was going to get to continue that role, it seems. But I also really enjoy it when wrestlers come on TV to do dumb stuff. So. <laughs> we have wasted this world. Our magic put a storm in the sky that has rendered the surface of our planet uninhabitable. But beneath the surface, well, that's another story entirely. In a city built leagues below the apocalypse, survivors of the storm forge paths through a strange new world. Some seek salvation for their homeland above. Others seek to chart the vast undersea expanse outside the city's walls. And others still seek, what else? Fortune and glory. Dive into the Ether Sea, the latest campaign from the Adventure Zone, every other Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. In 2021, it's finally okay to talk about our mental health, and that's why we're excited to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions. They will match you with a therapist in under 48 hours, and it's easy to change your therapist if needed. Remember, you don't need a traumatic event to benefit from therapy. Maybe you're feeling anxious or depressed or your stress feels like it's too much to manage. Get some tools to cope and make life just a little bit easier. I've been in therapy for several years and it's helped me to grow both in general and also when I have specific stressful situations, it helps to have an outside voice and outside counsel to really work through it. Yeah, 100%. I've been in therapy for nearly 10 years now, in and out, uh, and I always feel better when I'm in. That's what I know. Uh, 100% changed my life, 100% the best thing I ever did for myself, uh, and I've seen it do the same for so many other people. I, it makes me so happy that we now live in a society where it is accessible and accepted and not something we need to feel weird about, but something that is one of the best things you can ever do for yourself. Plus, BetterHelp is way more affordable than in-person therapy, but just as effective, so you could see if it's for you. And Tights and Fights listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash tights. That's BetterHelp.com slash tights. The 2021 pin sale has begun. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in the Max Fun Drive. This is the last year for a while that we'll be doing pins for Max Fun Drive, and the fifth year that we'll be selling pins and donating all proceeds to charity. The past year proved what we already knew that having access to the internet at home is a necessity for work, school, healthcare, and keeping in touch with family and friends. So the proceeds from this year's pin sale will go towards Everyone On, a nonprofit working to bridge the digital divide. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help low-income folks gain access to affordable computers, internet services, and digital literacy programs. The sale will run until May 28th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the pins from the drive. That's 38 pins, one from every show on the network. We also have a special 2021 Max Fun Drive pin that all members can purchase. Go to MaximumFun.org slash pin sale for more info. And to learn more about Everyone On and support them directly, you can go to EveryoneOn.org. I got some rapid fire questions that we're going to answer from friends that ask questions on Instagram. You you posted an AMA, right? This is from your. That was me. That was me. Well, it was from our Instagram, but I I posted it. All right. Oh, no. It's Chris B asks, do we miss Keith Lee? Yes. Yes, all the time. Constantly.
Like, I'm like, like you should be asking like with Poochie, like, where is Poochie? When Poochie's not on the screen, you should be asking, where's Poochie? When Keith Lee's not on the screen, you should be asking, where's Keith Lee? Because what if they send Keith Lee back to his home planet? So you should be asking. You should be asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to go look back like to you. My Hello, planet. Keith Lee. You look like you have something to say. Do you? Uh, and then Keith Lee goes back to his own planet. You know, it's I'm sitting here thinking, looking at that, that I do miss Keith Lee, but I also, I don't think about him. I don't watch SmackDown and say, "Where's Keith Lee?" It has to be brought up. And now thinking about it, I'm like, oh, "Cruel." The opposite of love is indifference, Hal. The opposite of love is indifference. It's me. I'm blaming myself. Well, well, Hal, it is hard because they were kind of, he was just like kind of establishing himself as a presence before he he went away for whatever reason. We don't know. It could be something very serious because sometimes we don't find out about these things until well No, he's talking about it all the time on the internet. He's all the time like, I want to come back, but they don't have anything for me. So I live with someone someone who um, asks about Keith Lee on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) So I have some insider information and Mrs. Keith Lee desperately. So I am very keen for Keith to come back. But yeah, he keeps commenting on Twitter being like, yeah, I miss you guys too. Like, I don't know. Fingers crossed. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) Uh, Make a Ting asks, worst match we ever saw in person. I have one loaded and ready to go, but I'm interested (laughs) to hear. Yeah, me too. Um, And I really had to think about it. And it was between two. There was one that was like the worst received match I remember seeing in person and one that was just the worst. And the, they were both at the same WrestleMania. And the worst was the brawn and the child uh, <laughs> match. Because it genuinely was just like, what the did I just see? Um, and it made it so much worse that it was at Mania. Like it was just genuinely was offensive in its terribleness. Um, but the one I think that upset me more was actually Charlotte Oscar at that same night, which wasn't a bad match, but just the fact that Charlotte beat Oscar clean and everyone in the entire, entire dome was like, what? And why? And these are our two questions. And it just took the air out of the rest of the mania. It took the air out of the rest of the night. It really didn't, did. Yeah. Cause didn't Oscar tap out in that match? That was her first it, loss. It was just tapped. so bad. It was her first loss. It was so built up and so built up. And it was like, what the f- were you thinking? Like it genuinely just, it ruined mania it fully ruined that night for everyone there it just deflated the whole thing um and because obviously we just had WrestleMania 30 there which I don't know if I mentioned that I went to um and it was so amazing and so happy and so joyous the whole way through and so many people came back because they had been at that one that they were like let's relive the joy and then they did that we were like right okay then uh and then yeah and then Braun and the child it was like I just want to leave. Like, I just, I don't want to be part of this kind of wrestling. That's why it was the worst to me. I, I know what Hal's going to say. <laughs> no, no. I know you think I'm going to say Punjabi prison, Matt. Oh, okay. <laughs> between, uh, between <laughs> but it's not. Same pay-per-view, though. Battleground okay. 2017. It was the flag match between Cena and Rusev. Aww. Because it was... I've never, I was in Philadelphia and Philadelphia is a lot. We are loud people. We are loud. You crowd us together and we'll either be loud in approval or disapproval, but you have to reach a special level for the crowd to just not react at all. Yeah. And my memory of that match was that it was real quiet. <laughs> real, real, real quiet, and not real because everybody level. went to the bathroom. We were all just sort of watching it, going, "Yep, this is a thing that's happening." I'm, my eyes are sending it to my brain, and they're connecting, and they're trying to process this, and nothing is coming up with anything. I'm just no. a blank. I'm just a scoop of vanilla ice cream got nothing. on a sugar cookie <laughs> right now. It's just nothing happening. So I think that would be the worst one. I mean, at least people felt some sort of way about the Bajavi prison match. But the flag match, it didn't seem like anybody wanted that match to happen, including Rusev and John Cena. (laughs) Well, don't you remember how weird the rules were? Because conventional flag match is just get the flag down and whoever does it first wins. This was like, get the flag down, get it to the top of the stage, plant it, and then pose, and then you've won the match. It was a weird concept. Yeah. If you're going to put something on a pole, 
that's it. That's the match. If it's something on a pole match, mm -hmm. that's the match. Them's the rules. I don't make them up. They do. So they shouldn't be breaking their own rules. Come on, you guys. Come on. When that flag got planted, it was as if a full Wells Fargo setter collectively said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Jono, a.k.a. God, asks, what was it that made us a mark for wrestling? Good question. I have an answer, I just, but I, I want to get Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I was going to say, I just think I'll shut because I don't know. Um, I, I don't remember much about the individual moments when I first started watching it. I really always just remember like laying on my grandmother's living room floor with my brother, like watching the show and just being so happy. Like, I think that's why it managed to weasel its way in like a dark little parasite and take such a firm hold because um, it's actually rooted in feelings. Um, and that's the worst way to fall in love with something because then it's forever. Um, so it was never like a specific, like I loved Bret Hart, I loved Mr. Perfect, I loved no. Macho Man, I loved Ric Flair. Like I loved so much of it, but it was much more of a generalized, like it was one of the first things that I got into as a concept and as a hobby and as a thing to love, like collected stickers and I would learn the entrance music on my little crappy keyboard and like I was just so into it it really just took it, it really planted that seed young um and then I think once it's in it's in because I think if you just fall in love with one person or you loved a storyline it's easy to drift away from it right but for yeah. me I'm like oh I'm a sucker for this forever now yeah I, when when WWF made its shift to cartoony larger than life characters in the early 80s i was six or seven years old it was like the perfect age it was on tv locally in, in philadelphia because they would go you know they at that time you would see a bunch of squash matches and then a main event that they would show having been filmed somewhere and, and for for tuesday night titans and things like that it was either at madison square garden or nassau coliseum or the philadelphia spectrum so it just was like the, the it it w started being made for children at a time when I was a child. W one of the <laughs> gifts I remember receiving from my aunt <clears throat> was the the Andre the Giant. You know, when all the figures were in the same pose, those big rubber yeah. figures. I got an Andre the Giant, and she she took she was an artist, so she took the card that it was on and made like a piece of art out of it. And I had the ring and. My parents took me to see, to see a live uh, match card, and I think at the time, I think the main event was Mr. Wonderful taking on Hulk Hogan. There was a guy named Mr. Wonderful. Yes, Paul Orndorff. Oh, Paul young. Orndorff. He was Mr. Wonderful, but it, it just uh, it kind of fit everything. It captured my imagination, and and at that time, and especially at that age. You weren't really questioning whether it was real or not. There was no internet to go break down the results and yeah. hear about backstage stuff and and the real drama of people. And that's part of wrestling now. You can still get into it in a different way, but there was a magic to it. Like visiting yeah. Disneyland the first time, you don't know as a kid that those things aren't real. So it gets implanted in your brain in a very special way. And that's what that's kind of how wrestling was for me. Julian I want to hear Julian's answer. Right? Oh, what was that? <laughs> I said Julian hasn't happened for you yet, but you're still. No, I actually I didn't even know what wrestling was before we started the show. No, um, I still remember. My I saw wrestles at the gym. Yeah, I was like, I was like hey, what do you guys? Do? Those are interesting gym shorts, guys. Oh, they're tights. Got it. All right. Yeah, and they were they wanted uh, workout advice from you. Yeah, sculpt with that, bro. I was like, well, you see, when you want to lift a human being over your head, this is what you know. Um, <laughs> uh, no, mine was kind of, uh, mine was a little uh, backwards as well, because I, I go back and I think, and a lot of things that I ended up getting into that stuck with me for a while were things that I initial that were initially introduced to me um, by friends and family. And I got into it partially because I liked it, but also because I wanted to bond with my friends or family a little bit more over this thing. 
Um, it's happened to me that I didn't, I wasn't into football until I got to college and I had a lot of friends that were into football and then I kind of like got into it from there. So the same thing happened with wrestling where it was, um, my brother and my dad were extremely into it. Um, and I remember my brother would, uh, had this, had this game and, uh, it's, uh, it was on the N64 called WCW NWO Revenge. It was my first wrestling video game. And he showed me all of the characters that were on it. And then I, when we watched TV, I was like, wait a minute, whoa, they're like, they're alive and they're real. These are like actual, these are the characters we saw in the video game. And I, rem and I remember one thing that we would do after every single WCW pay-per-view, uh, we always were making sure that the roster of champions in the game matched the actual roster in real life. Like after the pay-per-views were over, we would stay up all night and play through the, uh, through the little story mode that you had to do in order to make that character the champion. Um, and we did that for about a year. Every time my brother came over, my brother um, is much older than me and he would, he would come over for the summer. And we would do that every single summer. We would always stay up late and play that game. And then it, we stopped doing it. And I remember exactly when we stopped doing it because we just watched Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, I, I think he beat Kevin Nash for the, the, for the World Heavyweight Championship. We were so excited because we loved Macho Man. And we stayed up all night again, played through it. And the very next night on Nitro, Hulk Hogan beat Macho Man for the World Heavyweight Championship. And after that, we were just kind of like, nope, no more. All right. Yeah, <laughs> you got a little <laughs> bit of our love. We can't do it twice in a row. <laughs> but still, Julian, that was that's so wholesome. It is yeah. so wholesome. I love it. Even Mary Julian looks looks by <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. look impressed. He wiped a tear. I do just want to address Matthew and say that yes they were Panini wrestling stickers uh, that I had and it was like a blue sticker book um, and then it was like I remember it so clearly loved it, loved it. shiny please I got two more one is uh, from Quickity Jacks who asks will Mike ever update the theme to mention Lindsay Julie? no <laughs> yes okay thank you Lindsay. No. Uh, no uh no 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 genuinely i'll um I, this was something that we haven't uh that uh we haven't talked to anybody who listens to the show a lot knows that what i did recently was i like in the last 50 episodes or so i basically popped out the part with all names and kind of mixed it so that it sounds like it's just going straight into the the main part that buffers all of the music because i thought it was awkward for a long time um, i was just gonna come in and do like and Lindsay. Again, to bring it back to Poochie. I think we just end the end Poochie. It's great. It's like a guy named Mike is there as well, and Poochie, and it will be great. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> but um, but genuinely, like we we are um, we I did want to like uh figure out like some a lot of different things that we were gonna do with the show, but I wanted to wait until after the drive was over because I know everybody is very exhausted at this point because we've, uh, we work really hard on the drive every year and we like to put our focus there. But uh, after this, we're gonna be talking about a lot of things and that does include uh, the music. So uh, stay tuned is the, best I, is the best thing I can say. Like those annoying people on Facebook after they quit their job and say, stay tuned for what's next. <laughs> um, I know, but yes, just- Hot Cheetos and naps. <laughs> You don't have to say, you don't have to tell me to stay tuned. Just tell me what something else is happening. I'm going to assume. <laughs> and be happy for you. I want you to have hot Cheetos and naps. You've earned them. You worked for all that time. Forever. <laughs> all right, finally, Darren Orion asks, what are some of our favorite guest moments? We're talking about, uh, we're not talking about like the time little Joey Lawrence went on The Tonight Show. We're talking about. I mean, we could, <laughs> but no. Um... Uh, I, I really loved it when we had RVD on the show. Um, RVD was really great. That was funny. Um, I obviously always love it whenever RJ is on the show because he makes all the ladies go blushies. Um, because he has heart eye emojis. And he always talks about that time you went on a date with Danielle. <laughs> Danielle. <laughs> so that's always funny. Um. RJ does always. So yeah, so many moments that I don't think are I want to talk about. <laughs> Did you know that, that we have enjoyed, but perhaps haven't translated into great guest moments? Um, yeah. But I've I, had some great times texting you guys. Um, it's true. I uh, the last time we had RJ on, I real I mean I enjoyed I enjoy every time he's on. He's a fantastic guest. 
but I enjoyed like the the level to which we were simpatico with our pop like the just the we have the exact almost the exact same pop culture encyclopedia in our brains so yeah I just I mean realistically if any of us were gonna date RJ it should be you like, <laughs> listen I've, I'm not I, being no, I'm not being dick about it I'll talk to my wife <laughs> I mean you would make a great third person to live in a house and just make coffee I think you know absolutely yeah, I'll, I'll make the coffee for him so here here you go can you give me to wash your other underwear? It's one bomb mock. I'm throwing a load in. If, you, if your <laughs> other underwear is dirty, if you, if you throw it in, that'd be great. That'd be fine. No, just like, uh, it's, I love meeting people and hitting it off with them. And that it took like, I, I, I don't, I think early on having wrestlers on always made me nervous just because to me, like that's, where I really get starstruck, like Weird Al and wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Those are the, those are my biggest starstruck moments and Billy West. Yeah. So it, I was more comfortable the second time around talking and just, and it became like, oh, we would just be friends in, in outside of podcasting. Yeah. And then it's the difficult other... with wrestlers though. I mean, like, sorry to interrupt, but I do yeah. that I'm rude and this is usually when Julian and edits me out because I've got <laughs> the mouth um, but like I think it is hard with wrestlers and I've interviewed all kinds of people for like other magazines and for jobs and stuff I've interviewed so many different kinds of people but with wrestling we've created such a weird culture between the fans and the wrestlers and I say we I mean wrestling in general like there is such a demarcation between wrestlers and marks you know and wrestling yeah. journalists are right on the edge of like are you cool? Is, does the wrestler think you're cool and you're okay? Or do they think you're a mark who just like wants to be part of wrestling? And that's a, a really weird conflict that I've never felt interviewing any other kind of person that they might think you're weird for loving the thing that they do. Yeah. Like everyone else I've ever interviewed, they're like, oh, it's awesome that you love the thing that I do. Or, like musicians or actors or like, I interviewed Vivian Westwood. I interviewed a bunch of like super high top line fashion designers. And they were like, oh, this is so awesome to talk about my thing. Whereas wrestling is the one thing where I'm like, are they going to think I'm a loser because I love their work? That's weird. Um, and I think that always just makes it, it, it gives an added layer of anxiety um, to interviewing a wrestler. Yeah. I, I My other, just, I, it's hard to pick out. It's not a specific moment, but just the guest I always enjoy talking to is Simon Gotch. Part of that comes from having met him before I ever had him on a podcast and taught like spending time I, I met him because I, I got to go backstage at a random event and was sitting in catering because that's the only place we were allowed to be unless we were in our seats. And we were told very, like, under on no uncertain terms do you approach any any of the talent. If they talk to you, you can have a conversation. But other than that, I was there with a couple of friends. We kept to ourselves. It's nice to be, you know, you're just sort of doing the ultimate version of people watching. And <laughs> si they, there are these big round tables, and Simon was sitting at one and then struck up a conversation with us. And he's uh, what I like about him as, as a guest is he's super genuine, super opinionated, and like not afraid to sort of dig into it. Where R RJ is like the fun to me, it's like I, I know we're gonna have tons of, of jokes and bits, which is perfect and like exactly what you want. With, with Simon, you're gonna get insight, and like he's not gonna pull any punches. And he has, he does have a very good sense of humor, but also like a really deep, like love and technical and, and get into the nuts and bolts of what he thinks makes things work and how, how the audience is manipulated to react a specific way or not and how to get those things and his feelings of being a face or heel that those, I just find those fascinating and he's never shy to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, for non-wrestlers that I've enjoyed, um, for, I've, I've enjoyed just about all of our guests, but the one that always stands up stands out to me uh, is John Walsh, a.k.a. Super Eyepatch Wolf. Um, John was, it, it's kind of funny because like, when I first saw John's video, I was like, wait a minute, this is like exactly what I've been waiting for is like a thing to just immediately explain to people what like, like what this thing that I'm into is because it was like the only thing that discusses it with any sort of maturity because i i feel like wrestling youtube is populated with a lot of um 
top 10 intercontinental champions you know that that just a lot of listicle videos and just yeah. that kind of, and that kind of stuff so i've never really seen anybody dive into it as like from and a from like a theory perspective like as a fan and i was i i was really excited when john agreed to come on the show and then i was even more excited when he was like hey i'm gonna be out in la for anime expo if you want to grab lunch while i'm there too and then we were while we were eating he we were just you know we were talking about anything and he mentioned um he mentioned to one of his friend who also joined us like oh yeah like what time do we need to be back by do we need to be back by like seven okay so good we've got plenty of time and I was like, what, well, what's going on? He's like, oh, I've got like a panel that I'm going to be heading up. I'm like, oh, really? What's the panel going to be about? And he's like, oh, it's just me. It's just me. I'm like, oh, he is slumming it, hanging out with me. What a guy. He actually was. <laughs> oh, Julian. So, but, uh, I just love it. It's like hanging out with Julian would be ever anything other than anyone's top priority. <laughs> but it was, it, it was really cool because I was like, I'm glad he trusts that I'm not like a freaking maniac who's going to like you know, who's, well, who can actually... Danielle and I him. weren't there, who also, once again, <laughs> I appreciate that he is also an extremely handsome man. Super talented, super generous, super authentic and wonderful in his fandom. Also, good-looking chap. So, <laughs> well done him. And he has a cat. He does have a cat. Throw that. <laughs> there you have it. That there does it. it. There's no better way to end it than on a cat. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk along with me, Hal Loveland, and Julian Burrell checking in along with his Mirror Mirror counterpart. <laughs> Happy Max Fun Drive, everyone. Our producer, Julian Burrell, has a dog and cat who have loved posing for every Max Fun member, as has Silver the Stuffed Gorilla. Yes, Aww. you've seen him. You love him. Here's how big he is <laughs> relative to a human being. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all of your friends. And thank you so much, extra special, to all of the, Vac the Max Fun members who are new, boosting, upgrading this year around at Max Fun Drive. You really do make our show possible. If you haven't yet gotten involved, there's still a little bit of time to do it. We still have a ways to go to hit our goal, and you can help us get there. It's MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Support Tights and Fights and earn great <laughs> gifts in the process. And if you don't have it in your budget to support, you can sign up for essentially a scholarship and have someone gift you a membership. Or you can just help us out, and you can just help us out by sharing the show, by letting other people know about it. And maybe, who knows, memberships will come our way. We'll be back next week for even more. You guessed it, wrestling. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.